Hey there, and welcome back to your Nature Boost podcast. I'm Jill Pritchard with the Missouri Department of Conservation, bringing you a live episode. Well, it's not live. It's recorded, obviously. Uh, I'm on the road right now, on the road to Windsor, Missouri. I'm going to Farrington Park in Windsor to meet up and have a little lunch date with MDC conservation educator Ginger Miller. It is a bit of a mystery lunch picnic, you could call it, and I am excited. Well, I think intrigued is more of a, a better term to uh, express how I feel about about the recording today, and uh, this may be a very polarizing episode, uh, but I think you'll learn something. I know I'm going to learn something. That is something that I can always say about working on this podcast is that I have learned so much and I hope that you have too as you've uh, come along with me and, and listened to these these episodes. So we will be at Barrington Park right about lunchtime. So here in about an hour and a half and I haven't eaten breakfast yet. So I hope Ginger can feed me some good stuff. So stay tuned. All right, Ginger, I made it. I made it to Windsor. Thank you for having me here today. Yeah. yeah. So um, we're going to have a little lunch today. <laughs> yeah, I thought we could be more adventurous with this lunch and look at whatever's on the landscape out there because there's food all around us all throughout the year. All throughout the year. So I always record these episodes in advance. So it's early August right now. And I think you can, the the recorder is actually picking up um, the cicadas and all of that. And speaking of the insects that we hear, that's what we're trying today. Yes. <laughs> yes. So those you can hear out there are highly edible. So they're, they're crunchy. They're tasty. They're full of protein. Those grasshoppers, if we walk along the grass that we see popping along, the grasshoppers here around central Missouri are all edible. And the katydids and those crickets we can hear. You think of them as just little pieces of meat out yeah. there on the landscape. You yeah. know, we harvest game of all different sizes and these are just tiny little pieces of meat out there. That's a great way. That's a great way to look at it. So I, um, I wanted to interview you because a few weeks ago you hosted a wild edible program for the public and it was on edible insects and as soon as that program came out there was it, it like it generated a lot of engagement from people online and as soon as I saw it I thought I should contact Ginger because I think this would be a very interesting episode for our listeners something a little different as far as wild edibles what was the general response that you got from the people who came to, the, to your event? Um, they seemed to think it was pretty interesting. In fact, some of our staff members came from other areas and then immediately put out Japanese beetle traps so they could start harvesting some Japanese beetles to eat. And Japanese beetles are not native to Missouri, correct? They are a tremendous garden pest, and no, they are not native. That would be if you were to encourage anybody to eat. It would basically, it would really be a, a Japanese beetle, right? You'd be doing some good for for the environment. Absolutely, and so the insects that will come in and attack our garden, most all of those are edible. So it's a great way to consume our garden pest. I mean, so if you can't beat them, eat them, right? So I love that. If you can't beat them, eat them. There are certain term used for eating insects. So 
entomophagy is what we call it. Entomo meaning insect and then phagy meaning to eat. That's the practice of eating insects. So insect eating has been a very common thing since prehistoric times. And it's still practiced in much of the world today. This is not a new thing. People have been eating eating bugs for a while. If you're out in nature, is there like a process that you would do to try, like catch them and then freeze them or what? Tell us more about that. So there's a lot of different insects out there that are edible, but I try to focus on one at a time. Just like with my other wild edibles, I start with one at a time and learn different ways to prepare that and different ways I like it. Um, and so with something like a garden pest, because they each have their own flavor, you can harvest a whole bunch all at once. So I think that's a great way to get started is to see what's devouring your garden and look it up and see if it's edible. Um, from there, you can use nets or you can, um, you know, like with Japanese beetles, as long as you haven't sprayed your roses, you can just shake them right off of your roses. Or you can use a cup in your hand to go out and stalk down grasshoppers and things like that. Okay, so if you're brave enough to try this on your own, if you're if you're inter- interested enough to try some edible insects um, on your own, you freeze them afterwards? Yeah, and so one part right before that that I want to say is when you go out to collect edible insects, like say you had a Japanese beetle trap out, and it was just pheromone based and didn't have other chemicals. So you got to read labels really carefully, but you wouldn't go out and eat beetles that had, you know, expired and rotted away in the bottom of it. You want them fresh. Yes. So just like you wouldn't find a dead squirrel on the road and eat it, you wouldn't just eat dead insects that you find, right? So you would collect them live. And then the easiest way to dispatch them is to freeze them for a while. Do you put them in like a grocery bag or like a little Tupperware container and then just put it in the freezer? Tupperware, Ziploc, um, brown paper bag, as long as it's not something that's going to chew through it. Okay. All right. So then maybe they're dead in a couple hours or maybe you want to give it a day or so just to make sure. Yeah. So I'll collect over several days. So most of them end up in there for several days. Mm-hmm. And then when I'm ready to use them, I'll pull them out and I'll boil them about five or 10 minutes, just kind of a more of a gentle simmer than a boil. And then from there, you can just go wild on how you want to season them. Okay, so I want to know what's like your top five edible insects that you would recommend for people who who are who would just say for me, if I want to go do this on my own, if I want to cook up some tasty insects, which I thought I'd never say. What 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 are your recommendations? What do you think I should be looking for? So because they're distinctive, I know I've already said this, but Japanese beetles are a really easy one okay. to start with. Yeah. And they are such a menace on the landscape. Yeah. And um, once you roast those up, so after I've frozen them and then boiled them, then I can dehydrate them or roast them in my oven mm-hmm. until they're nice and toasty. Um, and they will get kind of a rich, nutty flavor then. And then you can use a little oil and salt and pepper, or you can get exotic with, you know, barbecue seasoning, any kind of seasoning you want. Flavor them up like party mix. But Japanese beetles are so crunchy that it's kind of like... Um, like a crouton? Yes. They're like a crouton. <laughs> like oh eating God. a crouton. Um, so that would definitely be one of my favorites. Another one would be ants. And that seems kind of strange. But they have uh, that formic acid in them, so they have kind of a balsamic vinegar sort of flavor, like a real sour vinegary kind of flavor. 
Do you want to try one? Gosh, you have them right here. So wait, ants already have like a balsamic flavor in them. Yeah, because they have that formic acid in them. Okay. All right. And what types of ants are these? Are these just kind of normal black ants, I guess? Yeah, I think these are just black ants. Okay. And they're going to be a little sour. So hopefully you have a drink. <laughs> okay, so I've got like... Give me a few more. <laughs> I... Are they are they potent? Are they they're, strong? They got there's gonna be a little yeah, pow there. Little, <laughs> these little ants pack pack a big punch because they're strong. Because they're strong. Okay, all right, guys, you are hearing this. I am gonna try. I got I don't know maybe dozen ants or so in my in my palm, palm of my hand. All right, here we go. Mm. They are strong. Okay. It does have like a balsamic taste. I could almost see like using that like as a seasoning rather. You know? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. What do you think that you like like a rich balsamic glaze on? You could sprinkle ants on and get a lot of that flavor. You know what I like to use a balsamic glaze on is um, like making like a crostini with like tomato and basil on top. And oh, then, that would be really good. Yeah. Just sprinkle some ants on. Or, you know, like. If you have your Japanese beetle croutons for your salad, you can have your balsamic vinegar flavor from your ants. Oh my gosh. Um, I used to have a teacher in elementary school and I'll never forget this. It's funny the things that you remember as a kid, right? Like what memories stick with you. And she always said that her dad loved chocolate covered ants. And eating one now, I think, what's the point? You just want chocolate. Like, are, like is, are you even getting a flavor from the ant? Maybe, I don't know. Have you ever tried a chocolate covered ant? Is that still a thing? Yeah, that's still a thing. Um, and there were some programs that we had at the Discovery Center pretty recently. They'll have a buggy bistro as part of their events sometimes. Buggy And they'll have um, like almond bark with some ants in it. Okay. And it has a, it really adds kind of a richness, you know, and you can coat pretzels with it or do whatever. See, and I, it, it, I bet it kind of, because it almost brings a little almost like a salty kind of too. Mm-hmm. So it, it kind of reminds me of maybe like, you know, how they do like salted chocolate or salted caramel or something like that. Like adding a little, like almost like sweet and sour type thing a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So ants. All right. Awesome. So what, so we've got, you like the Japanese beetles mm-hmm. and then the ants. What else, what other, what, what else is in your top five as far as edible insects, would you say? Stink bugs have kind of a neat flavor. Do they? <laughs> It, it, I, they they smell bad if you sit and you know play with them in your hands. But right. when you cook that unique thing that gives them that smell, it just has kind of a fun flavor. Okay. And some you know like some of our insects like paper wasp larvae, right? The little larvae in the nest, uh-huh. they have kind of a nutty kind of flavor. Or acorn weevils, they have a rich nutty flavor. So not only do they have a lot of protein. They'll have those fat calories too. Oh, okay. And almost be kind of oily sometimes. So, so are some insects better for like savory and others better for sweet? I think ants could go either way. Yeah. Because that's just a fun flavor in things. Mm-hmm. From there, it's really what you put on them. Not it's- many have a strong flavor. They'll get a roasted richness, but their flavors are fairly mild. Mm-hmm. You can... Um, dehydrate them and powder them and put them in things. One of our naturalists up at Baroque Woods loves to make chocolate chirpy cookies. So she replaces part of the flour in her chocolate chip cookies with cricket flour. And it gives it just more of a dense, earthy flavor. 
So the flavors are fairly similar to regular chocolate chip, but just a little different. And it has kind of that nutty richness along with that earthy flavor. Interesting. The weird thing about wild edibles is sometimes the first time I have something, I'm like, oh, I don't, I'm not sure how I feel about that. And then I'll have it again and it tastes pretty good. And then I'll start craving some of those different flavors. So the more you have some of those things, the more you're like, I miss that nutty richness. Like, can we get some cricket flour in these cookies next time? That's exactly how I felt about the first time I had sushi. I, uh, yeah, I, it's, it's kind of a, it's a polarizing thing. And I was like, yeah, I'm not sure if this is for me. And then, yeah, like I maybe had it again, like a year or so later. I'm like, actually, this isn't so bad. And then it's like, now I want sushi all the time. So maybe I'll want bugs all the time now. Who knows? Well, it's certainly less expensive. (laughs) That's true. That's true. And I can go out and grocery shop on my own. Um, What about crickets? What are those? What are those like? Crickets, grasshoppers, katydids. Um, To me, they're all pretty similar. Yeah, they all taste the same. Now, this is going to seem a little strange, but when you're eating those, right, they all have those jumping legs, those big high jumping legs. So for those, I like to take those back legs off because they have this little pre-tarsal claw and it can kind of catch when you're trying to swallow this. So their little legs can kind of get stuck back yes. there. Huh? Yes. <laughs> yes. If they have real long wings, if they have big jumping legs, I usually take those off before I consume them. Okay. Yeah. The wings I would think would be a little different texture. Yeah. So like cicadas, I, yeah. yeah, yeah, I would take those wings off. So um, speaking of cicadas, I can remember there was this ice cream shop, Sparky's, in Colombia. Yes. Did you hear about that? I was uh, I was in Colombia for an international insect sound and vibration meeting because I studied insect communication. And yeah, they had the ice cream there and, and then they weren't able to sell it anymore. So they gave it to the entomology department and they gobbled it all down. <laughs> oh, the cicada ice cream? Yes. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah, because I remember, I remember they didn't sell it anymore. Because oh, when they emerge in mass, they just coat the trees, they coat the sides of the trees, they coat the sides of the buildings, they coat the sidewalks. They're just everywhere. Yeah, and so. and they're big too. And I, yeah, they're, I'm sure easy to collect it at that stage whenever they come out. And insects freeze really well. And so they keep really well in the freezer for a while. And then once you have prepared them and and dried them in some form, they keep really well then to kind of like a jerky, beef jerky. Okay, nice. Hey, uh, you were saying how garden pests are pretty much all edible. Um, I got a bunch of carpenter bees. (laughs) I didn't say that about pests. Ginger, they're really airing up my little back deck and... I'm sure they aren't they aren't edible, and I know that they the the bees um have have good benefits and are are carpenter bees pollinators? Our shiny budded carpenter bees are good pollinators. Okay, all right. So, so that I need I to would, learn to like them. I would avoid chomping on them. <laughs> yes, okay. most definitely. Okay, all right. Well, I just thought I would check just because that's that's my biggest. Well, and the and the um little chipmunk that lives under my under my uh, AC unit but my dog likes to chase him around so he entertains him okay so you've got a little a few little tasty things here for me to try what do you recommend do you want to start with savory and then move on towards sweet yes I do because I like a little dessert after my meal so you're right up my alley we'll start with the least flavored ones this is more the raw flavor before we 
add anything to them. This is this is a mixed bug. This is a mixed assemblage. Bug. Okay. Yeah. So what what all do we have in it? Um, there are beetle grubs in here. There are crickets. There are grasshoppers, um, and then so they're not just the beetle grubs, but also the pupae in this oh, mix. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Eating so, at all different stages here. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. They don't taste as good <laughs> as they're the not, ants. They're not homegrown. <laughs> we really started you off with the. Okay, what do I have? What do I have in my hand here? Um, what do you think that is? You have a cricket here. It looks like two crickets there. I got two one. crickets. Yep. Okay. It's like two crickets. All right, guys. I got two little baby the back cricks. The legs are off. The back. Nothing. <laughs> That's right. Get caught in your throat. Okay. Here we go. Crunchy. <laughs> Very crunchy. Mm -hmm. yep. Um, almost like a slight fishy taste. I don't know that I'm getting. Could Maybe could be. Um, yeah. but then it's just like a crunchy, mild snack. Yeah. Uh, anything else? Yeah. So insects have that chitinous exoskeleton, right? That's why we call them the squishies and the crunchies. And so those crunchy shells are so much of what you Is taste what and crunch up. Yep. Okay. All yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. Not bad. Put that on a salad or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But for from, a little texture. From there, I think the flavors just get better as you flavor them up. Okay, sure. Yeah. So that was pretty unflavored. So that was. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's kind of the starting point. Okay. What do and we have barbecue? here? Barbecue. Oh, I love. Yeah. I love me so, some barbecue. And, and these, since I did just grab these commercially, <laughs> um, these are mealworms. These are mealworms. Right. Okay. So you can mix them into Rice Krispie treats. You can mix them into popcorn. You can season them up every which way. And and these are the ones you can just find in the dirt. Mealworms. Um, or where do you find so them? Uh, they are Tenebrionid beetle larvae, and we do have some Tenebrionid beetle larvae here. Uh, but these are the ones like you would find at the pet store. Oh, okay. So, so these here, are not... when we eat beetles, we eat them at all of the different life stages, but mm -hmm. we primarily eat the scarab beetles. So things like the June bugs, um, which uh, Paul Landheimer, which is one of the high lonesome master naturalists, mm -hmm. he's probably Missouri's foremost insect eating authorities that I get the privilege of working with. Mm -hmm. And he always refers to those Japanese beetles as flying popcorn. <laughs> big and crunchy and and those giant beetles, you know, like they're they're bound and determined to fly, but the landing is never pretty. It's always right in your face. It's really never that. pretty. It's just always like a train wreck crash landing at the end. <laughs> so I get a lot of those June bugs again on my back porch and uh, you know, they're attracted to the light that I have. And it's so funny because my dog will be out there and he'll be, you know, trying to bite them. And he's kind of just as ungraceful as they are. So, he never, yeah, so he's, he's usually never successful. And honestly, even if he caught one in his mouth, I'm not really sure what he would do. He'd probably freak out. They're so close to my back door that they'll even come in, you know, yes. accidentally, you yes, know, in my you house. If you have a Ziploc bag in your freezer, you can just toss them in when they come in or pelt you in the head. Okay. <laughs> And they and he really says they're it's like popcorn, yeah, because they're a big crunchy shell, right? And so okay. they just kind of pop in your mouth, oh. yeah, and you just crunch right into them. They're very crunchy. I actually might try that. I think I'm going to start collecting those. Okay, all right. So we've got some mealworm barbecue. barbecue. Here we go. They feel really light. Yeah, they have very little weight. 
Okay, so I got a few here. All right, guys, here we go. Mmm. Oh my gosh, those are good. Yeah. I like those. Yeah, those are good. And they're so light to throw in the popcorn and things like that. Yeah, I could definitely see that as like a little little trail mix or something. <laughs> yeah, they would go really well on that. Okay, awesome. I'm a fan. Do you want to try other flavors of mealworms or do you want to move on to crickets? I think I'm ready to move on to crickets. Yeah. I think I'm ready. So here is uh, sour cream and onion. Okay. Roast, roasted crickets. Okay. So roasting them brings out more of that nutty rich flavor. Okay. Because I had the crickets in the in the mixed bugs that were just um, unflavored. So now I'm kind of, I'm trying them with a little flavor on them. All right. Here we go. Got a few heads. Mmm. Those are good. <laughs> See, guys, when you put seasoning on them, it's amazing. It's like you're just eating like a little snack, just like a little afternoon snack. Absolutely. Like yeah. It's it really is whatever flavor that you put on them. Okay. Yeah. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. All right. And so you mentioned chocolate. We do have chocolate coffee crickets for a little dessert here with our meal. Oh, coffee in it, too. Chocolate coffee. Oh, yep. my gosh. Okay. All right. Here's my dessert of the day. You got the back legs off, so you don't yeah. have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. Those are good. But the sweetness, I feel like, wears off really soon mm-hmm. in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But I think if I were to prefer any of them, it might be the mealworms. Yeah. I like those. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're so light. Mm-hmm. They yeah. are. And I feel like, I mean, all of this is really, really versatile. Okay. So when we're talking about insects, and if you're wanting to collect some live ones to eat on your own, when is like the peak time, you think? Does it really matter throughout the year? Or are they, do once they start, it starts getting later in the season? Some things are more throughout the season and others are more fall. Like in, later in the fall, we'll be collecting acorns. And so then you can have a bucket below your acorns to let the acorn grubs fall out into if you're processing your acorns for flour and things. In the wintertime, you can harvest stink bugs. If you kind of move around the leaf litter, mm-hmm. they'll still be out there. And so, and, and they're not moving real quick then. So you can pick off the bright green stink bugs when everything is brown out there. Okay. And then, of course, in May and June, we have those June bugs up, um, Peltonia in the head. And then we're just winding down our Japanese beetle season. Okay. And then grasshoppers, crickets, katydids, they're on the landscape some of them overwinter as subadults, so they'll be out there, but there'll be more and larger ones as we move into, say, September. Okay. So, and then our cicadas are out now, our dog day cicadas. Um, but on special years mm-hmm. where we have the emergences of the periodical cicadas, then you can just harvest a few gallons and then have a feast of insects. That is so funny that you say that because you really could. You could get a. You could get a bunch of. <laughs> yeah, it does not take long to gather a number of those. One thing I would quickly like to talk about is um, how a lot of what we have tr- you have allowed me to try today mm-hmm. um, is a lot of what our wildlife is eating too. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Now, I wouldn't want us to think there. There used to be a saying that, you know, if you see a turtle eating it in the woods, then it means it's safe for us. Don't make that assumption. Always be really careful. Um, And with wild edibles, I try to try one thing at a time because our allergic reactions aren't common, but they're possible, right? We can be allergic to anything. I I have a good friend who is very, very, very allergic to carrots. So it's not common, 
but it's possible. So I try to try wild edibles kind of one at a time, find all different ways to prepare it, figure out where I see it on the landscape commonly, where it's going to be easy to collect, just really get one in my head at a time. And I think um, stressing the importance of identifying, like being really sure on your identification is probably good too, right? Absolutely. Yeah. You don't want to eat something you can't 100% identify. We have some apps that are really good and really helpful, Mm -hmm. but I want to see it backed up with field guides too. And I want to look at it more carefully than that because apps, apps can be wrong, you know? Um, So I just try to be really, really careful to double and triple check things. There are a lot of insects where, well, insects and their kin where the insect themselves isn't producing something toxic, but it might've come from an environment where the things were sprayed recently. So I would avoid those. Or it might be something um, like dung beetles, right? That they go around to, to piles of feces or frass and consume those. So I wouldn't consume those, you know, so or cockroaches are safe to eat, but not off of a dumpster. Right. So you have to think about the environment it's in, too. You ever had a cockroach? I have. So our native cockroaches, like our native wood roaches, they are not pests in our homes. Mm -hmm. So if they get in your home, they don't want to be there and they'd rather get out. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, they and they don't hang out on piles of refuse and things like that. They'll hang out on wood piles and. And around trees and stuff. So, what what's that flavor like? Is it still just kind of like another? They're kind of just crunchy, not really, unless you season them, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. and you can season them like whatever you want to. <laughs> wide open at that point, but yeah, they're not real strong and flavorful. And even things um, like there are several kinds of flies we can eat, but um, you know, some flies lay their eggs on dead animals, so oh, I'm not right. going to eat those. I'm not going to eat things that consume animal or human blood you know there's just extra steps there so and and it's for each person to decide what they want to do but for insects and their kin especially it's it's not just does it produce anything toxic or nauseous what is its environment what does it eat where does it live Mm -hmm. that's a really good point to make is being mindful of that of where you find it where you harvest it so to speak eating insects sounds foreign to us but if you have ever consumed anything with flour like bread you know, you've already eaten insects. There's little beetles and moths that are very common in those. So you've already had insects. If you've ever consumed, um, you know, like canned peaches, you've eaten some immature flies. So you've eaten some maggots. Like we have consumed a number of insects, you know. The, Unknowingly. Yeah. So the protein in chocolate is not from the chocolate. It's from the other bits that fall in there. <laughs> so. Wait, what bits? Well... So there's that's a, that's another episode. cockroaches and insects and other things can end up in there. There's a certain number of rodent hairs that are allowed in our food. I mean, the list oh, goes on from true. there. Like, so, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. It, yeah. So you've already had these things. It's just a different form when you see them whole in front of you. I think it's more of a mind over matter thing. Like it's you're just freaked out because you you don't think of them as food. And, you know, usually you think of them as an annoyance or, oh, they're flying in your face or, you know, Mm -hmm. outside. But they're so versatile. Like once you kind of get over the fact that it's a bug and just that barrier that you've put in place, they really don't taste like much. And especially a lot of them, once you kind of bake them or dehydrate them, they're not chewy or slimy or anything anymore. They're crunchy and they're light. And 
I bet if you ate your friend's cookies and didn't even know that she had ground up crickets in there, you probably wouldn't have even thought of it. Probably. I, I mean, I might have been able to pick up kind of a nutty, earthy flavor. Yeah. A little something extra and thought, I wonder what she put in here. That's kind of neat. But love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the crickets. Yeah. Love and crickets. I think, you know, learning about insects and edible insects is a great way of overcoming something that people have some apprehensions about when they go outdoors. Mm-hmm. And um, and they're another edible thing on the landscape. So it's just another cool resource that's out there. Native insects all have a role in Missouri's ecosystem and like you say, on the landscape. And it's a lot of what our, our native wildlife is eating too. Absolutely. They are a crucial part <laughs> of our ecosystem. Aquatic, terrestrial, you name it. All of our Missouri ecosystems have insects. Today we learned can be a delicious part too. <laughs> Catching insects is a lot trickier than I anticipated. Yeah, it turns out they don't like to be held. (laughs) Who would have thought that? Um, I was able to catch two house crickets on my own, but I wanted some more because I wanted to make my own edible insects, like a batch of them. Ginger gave me, let me try uh, insects that she had just kind of commercially bought, but I really wanted to try making some on my own. So I cheated a little bit. I went to a bait shop and I got some house crickets, uh, which is so funny because obviously they thought I was going to go fishing with them and I didn't have the heart to tell them that I was going to eat them. (laughs) So um, they have been in the oven on 200 degrees for about an hour now. And so I'm gonna go ahead and turn my oven off and I think they should be ready. I got them just on a cookie sheet in here and they didn't stick together or anything. So I read online that in order to get those hind legs off of them, I remember Ginger saying that Uh, If you eat crickets or grasshoppers, that you should detach their hind legs because they can get stuck in your throat. So I read online that you can kind of just roll them. It said that you can take each one and kind of roll them uh, in between your palms and they should detach. But these babies are so crispy. They're already kind of falling off as I mess with them here. So after I finished preparing the crickets, I thought about what my seasoning would be. And in the past, I have made uh, like seasoned pretzels that I'll take to parties or family gatherings, potlucks, things like that. And I season pretzels with a packet of ranch salad dressing seasoning mix. They're kind of spicy. And so they call for cayenne, garlic powder, and then onion powder. So I thought, hmm, why not try those on the crickets? So after I finish getting these all prepared, I'm going to season them and then I'm going to take them into work today and see if anybody would like to try my seasoned crickets. 
I haven't tried them yet, so I'm going to try it with okay. you. Okay. Okay, before you go in, I am not sure about the amount of seasoning. There might be too much. So okay. this is basically seasoned crickets. Right. Um, But obviously you can tell there's not very many of them. I kind of just eyeballed the... Um, right. Part of cooking is the experimentation of it. Let's so. try them together. Okay. All right. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's see. Okay. One, cheers. cheers. One, two. Oh, that's surprisingly good. That's well seasoned. That seasoning is good. <laughs> is it over seasoned? No, it's not at all over seasoned. It could even use a little more salt. You think? No. Oh, I didn't put any salt in there oh. just because I didn't know like what right now they're delicious. Um, I want to eat more. Okay, so we, those are very snackable, and without kinda... the legs, they're delicious. Actually, it's almost like eating popcorn without the kernel. It is. It's exactly like that. It's just kind of a very yeah. like not really doesn't yeah. have very much of a taste unless you flavor yeah. it. Yeah. Uh -huh. And full of nutrition for you too. Oh, for sure. I know. I want to No fat and pure protein. I'm <laughs> I want to look at the nutritional yes. uh stats that of is crickets. Surprisingly good. Hey. I made some crickets. Do you want to try? What does it taste like? They're seasoned with ranch dressing seasoning. Okay. Garlic powder, onion powder, yeah. and a little bit of cayenne pepper. Okay, okay. You want to try? Are they super crunchy? Are they yeah, they're pretty. Yes, okay. I baked them for like an hour this morning. They were frozen okay. whenever I baked them. Um, they were alive yesterday, and then I froze fresh. them. They're fresh. Yes, they're very, very fresh. All I taste is the seasoning that you described. Exactly. So. That's all you taste is the seasoning. Try one. I can taste seasoning. Oh, that's pretty much it, right? Yeah. But I've never ate a bug until today. Oh! It's a new day. It's a new day. You want to take some home for your kids? Oh, sure don't. <laughs> she says sure don't. Would you like to try my crickets? What do you What do you think? They need to be crispier. They were in the oven for an hour. How long does it take to make a cricket crispy? For my first, yeah, yeah. for my first cricket. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Do you want to try these crickets I made? No. <laughs> Are you sure? I just made them this morning. Mm -mm. No, I don't eat bugs. Not <laughs> okay. Tastes like a cricket. I've actually had, I think it was a cricket or a grasshopper or something like that mm -hmm. uh, at the state fair before. Oh, so, they have them at the state fair. Yeah. Really? Sometimes. Like fried? No, like that pretty well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Kind of like dehydrated. That's mm -hmm. kind of what they are. Okay. All right. Well. I got some hard nose, and I got some kind of people that I almost had to force to, <laughs> to eat them, but yeah, I like them. According to some info I found on Healthline, crickets are the most common insect food source in the world, and they're rich in protein, iron, calcium, and many other nutrients. What I find pretty cool about entomophagy is the versatility and how you can do so much with insects. You can fry them, grind them into a powder, add them to your baking, sprinkle them in salads. And again, besides the ants, insects don't really have much of a flavor, at least the ones I've tried so far. So after listening to this episode, would you try eating insects? Have you tried them before? Do you have a recipe to share? Let me know at MissouriConservation.org slash NatureBoost. Thanks again to MDC conservation educator Ginger Miller for teaching me about entomophagy. And thank you for tuning in to another episode of Nature Boost. I'm Jill Pritchard with the Missouri Department of Conservation, encouraging you to get your daily dose of the outdoors.